Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 100, coming to you from the Mile Higher studio. Yes. Finally, we are in. And for our first episode in the studio, we have none other than one of our favorite guests, Sarah Turney, who some of you probably know from a previous podcast we have done, or maybe you've seen my video with her on YouTube. Um, But she is the sister of Alyssa Turney, and she has recently started her own podcast since she was last on our show. And so she's here to tell us a little bit about that whole experience and a little bit about Voices for Justice. Yeah, of course. Um, Thanks for having me back. I am now a podcaster, I I guess. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's been a really cool experience. Um, But yeah, essentially for anyone who doesn't know, um, my sister went missing in 2001. Mm -hmm. She was 17. I was 12. Um, nothing really came of it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And then the police started investigating and really narrowed the focus on our father. Um, and we went through a lot of trials and tribulations. And, you know, at one point they said that they were going to prosecute. Um, and that's not really the case anymore. So I requested all the documents um, and got like 3,000 pages oh, of police reports. Insane. Yeah. I never realized how much there was that I didn't know. So I I was compelled to start this podcast in hopes of kind of pushing the case along. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been a crazy ride. There's a ton that I didn't know personally. Like I'm sure it's just been like overwhelming for you because it's your own family. Like it's a really unique podcast because it's, you know, told from your perspective too. So it's, it's very, very interesting. If you're interested in Alyssa Turney's case, you will be really fascinated because it, you know, goes into a bunch of different, I guess you could say crevices almost. Like it's just so many different weird well, 3,000 documents. Story. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've been doing tons and tons of just reading and, oh, yeah. and sifting <laughs> through and pulling bits and pieces and trying to put it all together. Yeah. Well, so when I got the documents, like I said, I'd never seen them before. Right. And it's kind of like an anthology of yeah. my family's history, right? So yeah. I was super compelled. And I think I read about all 3,000 pages in like five weeks or something insane. Wow. I would read for like eight hours a day when I could. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm incorporating that as well as home videos. Mm-hmm. So like you'll hear home mm-hmm. videos from like the 70s. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear it too. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to lay it all out there and yeah. and say this is what happened and mm-hmm. here's audio to back it up and police reports to back it mm-hmm. up and what do you guys think? Yeah, and you have a ton of interviews too. Like people who haven't spoken before are finally coming out and telling their stories and it's just, I mean, once you hear what they have to say, it really paints a full picture for this whole family and it's really just mind blowing how deep it all goes. Yeah. I mean, I was 12 when it happened. So yeah. I'm finally reaching out to my aunts and my cousins who were adults when this happened. And, you know, these are people I haven't spoken to in 20 years in, in some cases. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. I mean, it's insane to say the least. Yeah, I bet it is. I'm sure it's super surreal working on your own case. That's just wow. Yeah. So definitely check out Sarah's podcast. Um, We will link Voices for Justice below. But today, Sarah's actually going to be joining us talking about a different case that is kind of been just blowing up. It's evolving as we speak. Like it's still ongoing investigation. So there's not we don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. by any means whatsoever. But we do have enough information that you can start kind of putting the pieces together about what happened to these missing children. So the missing children that we're actually talking about in today's case is actually J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. Uh, J.J. is 7 years old and Tylee is 17 years old, and both of them have been missing since September of last year. And as we dive into this, there are so many twists and turns to this. It's very confusing, mm-hmm. um, but their parents or 
you know, people that were responsible for them are now kind of under starting to be under the microscope a little mm-hmm. bit and we'll dive into their whole crazy world um, that they have going on yeah. in a little bit. But tons yeah. of you asked us to look into this and we tried our best to, you know, paint a picture like we said, but there's just still so many missing parts. And I can tell this is going to be one of those cases that as more information comes out, it's going to even grow in public interest and stuff because it's just so out there. I mean, I could see them making like a future Netflix documentary on this one. This one is just wild so far. And, you know, we barely have any information. They're still trying to just put it together. So, you know, eventually there will be more information out. It's very possible that this podcast will be kind of like out of date in a couple of weeks because. Yeah, so I'm, know, so, I'm sure so much more information is right. going to come out in the, the coming weeks for sure. It's possible by the time we post it, there could even be a new update. Right. Um, so eventually I'll probably do a video on this once everything's kind of out, but we're just going to tell you kind of what we know for today. And Sarah's going to, you know, just uh, help kind of try to piece this together because <laughs> it's yeah. very odd. It's really bizarre, honestly. Yes. It's so crazy. It really is. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But before we dive into this case, I wanted to, first of all, uh, thank you guys for being so patient with us mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks that we haven't been posting because we've been trying to get this studio finished up and it took a lot more work than I expected. Hopefully you're enjoying the, if you're watching this, we have a new camera system. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, some new views to enjoy uh, while you watch the show. Um, but yeah, we're in our studio now. We've got our sign back. It feels really good. I must say it's honestly, I'm a little like nervous for this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie too. because we're, we're so used to be just sitting in our basement yeah. on a card table. Yep in front of a green screen that now that we're back in this like studio environment, it's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. We've got like four cameras in here. It's crazy. It's a little wild. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully you guys appreciate the quality upgrade. Yeah. We we really tried to upgrade the show quite a bit because we are going to have more guests on the show this year. Yes. Definitely. um, Is the plan. But also what we've been working on as well, if you didn't know, is we were down in Mississippi working on the Christian Andriacchio case where we actually put together a YouTube vlogumentary mm-hmm. um, that's two parts where we dove into that case with the family and got really involved. And it was a, a very unique experience, I, I must say. It was. It was honestly a life-changing experience, I think. Uh, I think being with people firsthand and experiencing, I guess, true crime in real life, right with the family and some of their most stressful moments was just, I don't know, it really changed my outlook on all of this stuff. And made it really real. I mean, I have been so involved in this story and to the point where I'm having dreams about Christian like almost every night. And I just care about this case so much. And I care about this family and respect them just so much. And what we've been able to do for them has been really cool. We're almost to 100,000 signatures on our White House petition, which is huge. That is a huge challenge because people from out of the country can't sign it. And you have to get people to confirm your signature via email. So that's been kind of challenging. So we are still asking for signatures. We're almost there. We have until February 18th, but I think we're at like, we have like 17,000 or something to go or maybe 14. Yeah, it's, it's less than that now. We're, yeah, we're getting we're closer getting there. to the goal there. But, but um, if you haven't seen it and you haven't signed the petition, that will all be linked below as well. Josh and I worked really hard on it and it is our first mile higher productions. So there will be more to come in the future, but yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't. It's like two and a half hours. You could, you know, have a whole date night planned around it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of fun to work on in the it sense was. that it really gave us this newfound energy and passion for for mm-hmm. doing this and you know talking about these 
cases on, on the podcast in detail and you doing your videos on YouTube, you know, sometimes it's easy to become detached to, um, the yeah. real people behind yes. these stories, you know, like right. these aren't just stories being told by, you know, that are passed down from generation. Mm -hmm. These are like real people, real lives mm -hmm. that have been affected, um, usually in a very negative way and being able to completely immerse ourselves into that world and really feel like I almost feel like an extension of the Andrakio family in a sense right. that I, feel like I really feel, yeah. you know, their pain and what they've been through and to be able to feel like we can somehow make a positive impact on, you know, their lives. And just mm -hmm. this case as a whole has been really, truly rewarding and, and worth all of the time and that we've spent yeah, it on was it. a lot of time. But yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was an interesting learning experience for sure. Learning how to edit something that big was a huge challenge for sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely showed us that we love doing that type of thing and we want to do more of it. And maybe one day we'll get the honor of working with Sarah here on one of our documentaries. Yeah, what? maybe. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really cool. We'll see what the future holds. Um, but anyway. All right. So before we dive into the missing persons case of JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. So as we were talking about at the beginning, this case has really been evolving by the hour, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like every single day that we're starting to get to know a little bit more about what may have happened to J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. Um, because like we mentioned, they've been missing since September 2019. And nobody knows where they are. And obviously the authorities are starting to uh, tell you know the media and everybody else that they're really worried that they may be in danger at this point. And... Um, it it's that way. Yeah. It's getting really dire to um, as far as trying to find them. So as far as we know, JJ and Ty Lee went missing out of Rexburg, Idaho. Um, that was the last known location that they were at because that's where they lived with their mother, Lori Vallow, who's an interesting uh, individual. Definitely, and she yeah. she has a very complicated history, which we'll kind of dive into in a little bit. She's been married four times. And so from a previous marriage, she had Tylee, and then she also has JJ, who's her adopted son, who she is raising with her current husband, Chad Daybell. And this is when things just absolutely get bizarre because essentially how this all, how we even knew they were missing was that back in uh, last, at the end of last year, the grandparents who were really close with JJ and the kids and, mm -hmm. you know, talked to them all the time were really close to them all of a sudden just stopped getting, you know, any sort of communication with them. Like they used to do voice chat or they used to do video chats and, and talk on the phone and things like that. And that just stopped completely. Yeah. And so they became worried, obviously like, why haven't we been able to talk to them yet? Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the last time that they communicated, I think it was a FaceTime for only like 30 seconds or something. Yeah. It was something really brief and they thought it was kind of odd. Right. Yeah. Well, and JJ has special needs, right? Mm -hmm. um, I believe he has autism. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the grandparents were especially involved because of that as well. Yeah. And obviously that raises the concern as well when you have a missing child with special needs who, you know, could 
easily fall into the wrong hands or be taken advantage of. So I think they, you know, once they started feeling like, okay, we're not getting any communication with them, they started to panic. But it's kind of one of those cases where no one has any idea when they really went missing or, you know, if there was a specific day or there's no like well, incident. Well, that's the thing is like to. it's been so long already. We're talking months that right. they've already been missing, which right. everybody knows in any missing person's case that they'll, you know, mm-hmm. time is precious. And, yeah. you know, if months go by, that's not a good sign if they haven't turned up yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the last time that they were seen was at school. I think it was September 23rd, if I remember correctly. Um, and they definitely saw JJ at school. And then um, I think Tylee's account is a little less detailed right well yeah yeah, i mean she's 17 too so she was kind of more independent less you know less watched over right and just to clarify the actual grandparents or relatives that were really close with jj especially um were Lori's ex-husbands charles vallow who was kind of the he's the biological grand uncle actually of jj and so, but he was yeah. kind of the father figure for him because he was married to Lori. So kind of it's, explain that. That's, yeah. It's, it's a complicated so confu- case. Yeah. Yeah. It's super Prepare to be confused people. Okay. So basically they kind of stepped in for his great nephew who had a baby or niece. Yeah. And I mean, we don't really know exactly know the reasons is, yeah. why we don't know the full extent as to right. how he ended up with JJ. But he um, adopted him. Exactly. It seems like it was a situation yeah. where. The mother could not take care of him. Exactly. And they stepped in and legally adopted him. Yeah. So Lori's had multiple marriages over the year. And so her fourth marriage is the most recent one. And that's to this Chad Daybell guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then Charles Vallow's her third husband, who is, you know, JJ's dad, essentially. So it was actually JJ's grandparents who actually called the authorities to have a welfare check done on him because they hadn't heard from them. So that's when fast forward to November, 2019, when they went to do the welfare check, they were nowhere to be found. They weren't there. And that's when Lori and Chad claimed that their two children, both Tylee and JJ were staying with relatives in Arizona. That was their response to police when they came. We're like, where are, where are they? So then when police actually contacted the relatives in Arizona, that's when they were clued in that they're not there. So that's when things really start to look suspicious for Lori and Chad is that they are saying that they're over in this, you know, with their relatives are not there and essentially not being cooperative with police whatsoever as far as to trying to help them find them or providing any information really whatsoever. Well, they lied. Yeah. yeah, Not just being not cooperative. They lied Mm -hmm. straight up made up a lie. So obviously it's like, why are you lying? There's no reason to do that unless you have something to hide. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just really suspicious right up front. And then the next day yeah. makes it even mm-hmm. worse, yeah. right? Right. So we know that the next day the police come back to serve mm-hmm. a search warrant and they're gone. Yeah. And they I vacated think, the house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's where a lot of the media started right. too, because the kids are missing. Now the parents are gone and it looks really sketchy. Yeah. 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 That next day is what gets me. Mm-hmm. They definitely didn't like if they did this, didn't think it out at all. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure what you're thought process would be when telling the police that they're with you know a specific family member in arizona don't you know that they're gonna go and find maybe i guess they thought oh that'll give us a little time to like get Get our shit together and leave at least a day well and i think that their mentality speaks a lot to this case because they to me i feel like they have a very untouchable mentality which Mm -hmm. we can get into because it's a crazy deep history Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah i think that's a lot behind it you know they feel totally untouchable and so they just leave and don't maybe don't have a plan i don't know yeah, it sure seems like 
they're just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants a little bit because yeah. it, it just makes no sense as to why, you know, why you wouldn't think that the authorities are going to pursue this even further. Like, don't they know mm-hmm. that this is creating suspicion with the police and that now the FBI is involved? They were mm-hmm. they were involved in the raid and they're I think they went into their house and they pulled out a ton of their electronics and phones mm-hmm. and computers yeah, and yeah, stuff. And, and with anything like that, you're always going to probably get something you're off of that. Something. Yeah. So that's the thing with this case is that is because it's in progress, there's still so much yet to be oh. known as to why they may have disappeared, where they may have gone to or what may have happened to them. Yeah. The possibilities are endless and it's like not, there's not enough information right now to even form a theory. Like it's just all weirdness or just a, bunch of weirdness yeah. and you'll see once we start getting into the rest of this yeah. so i think it's really interesting that after they left they didn't just like stop talking to police they actually mm-hmm. hired an attorney yes who was speaking for them right which is just a, a different type of move like it really made me think yes i mean well in most missing person situations normally the family is the one that is just outpouring information and trying to help in any way they can and of course and they're going to the police and offering up stuff so it's like when you hire an attorney who does that in a missing persons investigation unless there's something that you're worried well, especially about? Especially as the parent. You yeah. Know, well, that does not look yeah. good for you. I mean, they just, their behavior has been really obvious about where they're at. Like, I mean, you pretty much almost assume they're guilty just by the way that they're acting. Like they've done nothing to try to cover it up if they've done something. Well, the fact that they're not providing any It's like not thought out at all. No, there's not, they're not giving any good information as to why they've been missing since September and we're now, we're now just starting to find out about this and they didn't know that, or they're not, they're literally not cooperating with police whatsoever. The weirdest thing is Lori doesn't even seem concerned at all. Like your child's missing. Right. Well, and guess where they went? Like as after the FBI comes and raids their home, they leave and they go to Hawaii of all places. Lori and Chad take off to Hawaii. And as far as we know, the children never made it to Hawaii or are in Hawaii. No. Well, yeah, I think they've looked at the flight logs too and they're not. No, there's no evidence that suggests that they are in Hawaii right now. So no, they went by themselves. So then where the hell are they? Like, where are these kids at? And that's the big, that's what's so scary about this right now is that, you know, when you start playing through the scenarios in your head as to where they could be or what might've happened, it's really not, not looking good. Right. Well, and doesn't Lori say that she knows where they are? I think she, yeah, I think she may have said previously she knew where they are. It's just been kind of like, yeah. they're there, they're here, they're, you know, she's not actually, she she's being like very she's vague about very it. Clear. She's, yeah. they're saying, let's just say they're, they're only saying enough to police to keep them from, you know, I guess charging them with mm-hmm. anything, like incriminating themselves. They know, they know that, like, as of right now, there's not any evidence to link them right. to, their children's disappearance. Yeah. So they're only saying kind of what they need to, to keep. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they've gone this long is, is kind of crazy. If you think about it to go months with your kids being completely missing mm-hmm. and they're still kind of walking freely and there's really not been all that much happening since that initial raid that the police did on their home in Idaho. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's really bizarre. And the fact that they're in Hawaii, they're in this like luxury rental home, just vacationing while her kids are straight up missing. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's possible that they were like, huh, we're eventually going to get caught. So we might as well like go live it up while we still are free. Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. It reminds me of Casey Anthony. 
Yeah. Like yes. going and getting the tattoo mm-hmm. and totally. going and partying and doing yep. the hot body contest and just yep. living their best lives. Doing all the things that you never think someone would do if they, you know, had lost someone. And of course, people will always make the argument of like, well, everyone grieves differently. It's like, okay, well, there's no way a mother is just going to go off and vacation in Hawaii when her child is missing two children. Like how bizarre. It just doesn't add up. No, it really doesn't. And so this story has literally been evolving over this past weekend. Um, actually, on Saturday, January 25th, the Kauai police pulled over Lori and her husband, Chad, near the resort where they're staying. And authorities say that there's no, you know, they don't believe that the children are with them. And so they didn't arrest them or anything, but they uh, served them with this court order that basically stated that as of this past Thursday night, they had to produce some, either produce the kids or produce evidence or prove where they are. Yeah. yeah. And so that literally happened the other day and we followed the story and nothing happened. They, they never did anything. They just completely ignored it altogether. Yeah. So, and she has like an attorney speaking for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not speaking to the media. Like mm-hmm. the local Idaho news even sent up yeah. their reporter yeah. all the yeah. way up to Kauai to, to talk to them. And there's a, there's a video of them and, and we'll play just a little clip of it of Lori and Chad just kind of walking with the camera on them. And they do not look like parents that are actively seeking out their mm-hmm. missing children or upset that some they could be in harm's way or anything yeah. like that whatsoever it's it's really sketchy and i hate to judge it but like that smug smile on her face when they're asking her is just like there's something that makes me uneasy about it so telling yeah it's just i agree yeah it gives you a gross creepy feeling mm-hmm. but yeah i think she's only facing charges of like possible like contempt of court right, right now right for right. failing to appear with the children or whatever mm-hmm. um so they're really playing like really loose with this like they're mm-hmm. really giving them some space which is interesting it is interesting like yeah. you wonder why there hasn't been as much heat on them and as much of Especially since they're, you know, the grandparents will talk about their grandparents have been trying to have really been the ones pushing this along and trying. Oh, totally. To get, They're the ones yeah. bringing the whole story to the to the attention of the yeah. public and why it right. started to get more media exposures because yeah. the only ones did. looking for them are their grandparents. Yeah. yeah. And if they didn't, yeah, they probably there's plenty of cases out there where people don't want it to get any attention because they did something. I think the older brother, um, so Lori, ha- Lori Vallow has a, a much older child, or maybe not much older, but an older um, son. And he went on YouTube and made a video like right. pleading yeah, for his mom did. to mm-hmm. tell where his siblings were at. It he was did. really sad. Um, yeah, but yeah, I so that. I think the grandparents and the brother are, are really trying to band together. Yeah, I mean, they all clearly are on the well, same page the, about what they yeah. think happened. Yeah, I mean, if all the other family members are starting to sort of point their finger at Lori and insinuate that, she is not saying what she, you know, mm-hmm. what she really knows. Yeah. I mean, clearly yeah. it seems like they believe she knows where they are or what may have happened to them. And she's just not divulging any of that information. Yeah. Well, and I think it's not just because of what the weird circumstances are now, right? They have this weird, crazy history that we have to go into. Right. Yes. Right. You yeah. will definitely think more of all of this once we get into just the bizarreness behind these people. Yeah. So this, yeah, this this is a perfect segue into all of the sketchy events sort of leading up to uh, mm-hmm. these two's disappearance. Um, so this is going back even before when they went missing in September 2019. But like we mentioned earlier, Lori Vallow's former husband, Charles Vallow, who was the adopted father and biological granduncle of JJ, actually filed for divorce from Lori in February 2019. 
So not even that long ago. So yeah, this is very recent. And like this year. new guy, Chad, is very new. Um, she j We don't know exactly mm -hmm. when she got married to him, but it's very recent um, that this happened. And, and, and we'll explain more as to who Chad is and why he's so significant in all of this. Because I don't know about you, but if I was listening to this, I'd be like, what is these guys mind state? Like why, yeah, like what's up with why are people? they so bizarre and acting yeah. so weird? Like we'll explain yeah, as best we can. <laughs> it's intense. Well, and Charles filed this, but a month later he like rescinded it or whatever. So they didn't actually get divorced is my understanding. Interesting. Well, he was scared. He was like scared. I think too. Mm -hmm. He he said, quote unquote, he had a genuine fear for his life. And he was wow. also concerned for JJ as well. Mm -hmm. So it makes you start wondering, like, did Charles know something? Yeah. And yeah, because it's it's really bizarre. So essentially what happened to Charles is that in July of 2019, he was actually shot and killed by Lori's brother, Alex Cox, in a altercation that they got into. And supposedly Charles came at Alex with a baseball bat, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Alex ended up shooting and killing Charles. But it's really bizarre that, you know, why? I wonder what the altercation could have been about. Mm -hmm. One, you know, what were mm -hmm. they fighting about? Was, I mean, I don't know. I'm starting to think, did like Lori tell her brother to go take care of Charles because Charles knew of maybe a plan or something that may have been unfolding and, you know, was going to go to police or I, I don't know. It's it's really weird that this this happened to her ex-husband just this year and then she yeah. turns around and gets married again this like, summer yeah i know and had almost no time of grief or anything it's like she got married right away now the weirdest thing about this is the 911 call for sure it is so odd now as a reminder this is alex cox this is Lori's brother mm -hmm. talking about shooting charles vallow who is jj's adopted father and Lori's ex-husband or i guess current husband technically yeah, so we'll play uh, play a little bit. I mean, it's it's, it's a lot, but we'll, yeah, we'll play, play a little of bit of it for you now. At least the beginning. You got to hear this guy. It's it's yeah. insane. The emergency. Uh, I I shot my brother-in-law. Okay, what part of his body is injured? In the chest. Okay, is he awake and responsive or unconscious? Unconscious. Okay, is he breathing? I can't tell. Okay, are you wanting? Are you willing to go over to him and check? Sure. Okay, do you just let me know if you see his chest going up and down? How old is he? It's not moving. He's 60. Okay, and are you wanting to start CPR? No, I don't know how to do that. I can walk you through it. Okay. My name is Alex. Last name is Cox. C-O-X. What's his name, your brother-in-law? Charles Vallow. Well, police and medics are on the way to help you. Um, Thank you. Are you still doing what, chest compressions with him? Yes. What do you think? It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Obviously, he's not panicked. No. Which is something, right? Yeah. I mean, it shows you how much he, like, cares about this person, though. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be worried if it was someone you actually cared about? Or, like, wanting to save him? I think that's yeah. what gets me, is there's no urgency to yeah. save him. It's right. not like, get an ambulance here right, right away. Mm -hmm. We can save him or whatever. No, there's no sense of urgency or panic. Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, who knows how long he was really there or if he already knew he was dead or mm -hmm. what. And of course, right. like, it's so hard to judge someone in that situation. Yeah, because uh, totally. you don't know this person's background or mm -hmm. whatever. We don't know if he's... Right. Could be in shock or something where he's just... Yeah. Or have gone through this in the past. I mean, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think the, the lack of urgency is what gets me. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. not concerned about saving this person's life. And just being so nonchalant about, yeah, I shot him. 
in self-defense. Like, I feel like most people, if you really just went through shooting someone in self-defense, you'd be like, oh my God, he like came at me and then I freaked out and I just shot him. And like, you would tell the story a little more, but yeah, he's like freakishly calm. And yeah, that's kind of where the suspicion starts. Cause this is, you know, three months before the kids go missing or, you know, as yeah, we know. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely makes you think. Yeah, well, he's not afraid of getting in trouble either because there's like um, body cam videos that yeah. you can find on YouTube too. And I watched that and he's just not scared of getting in trouble, which I feel like yeah. even if you're not guilty, right. I would be like, oh my gosh, I am yep. next they're to a dead body. I like, am. They're going to, th- yeah, exactly. Well, you even still could get into trouble natural. for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, right. just, I mean, how does he know that he's going to mm-hmm. get the self-defense, yeah, 100%. you know, argument you know, approved by a judge or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how does he know that that's the way that it's going right. to go? This and is like a big moment. Yeah. Right. Well, unless they planned it out, right? Unless right. That's what I'm saying. Is... Planned. But if you meticulously planned it, wouldn't you do some better acting? Like, that was pretty bad if that was like your acting. It's the arrogance. Yeah. There's yeah. so much arrogance with yeah. so many people in this story. And mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it's not, but that's, that's yeah. one reason I could see. Definitely. Yeah. And then it just, so Alex, after this happens, Later on, or at the end of last year, so in December, he was actually found unresponsive in his Gilbert, Arizona home where he passed away, and we still don't know how or right. you mm-hmm. know what happened. We don't know the cause yet. So he passes away a few, like a few months later. Like, I don't know. It just seems really sketchy. Like, So I don't understand why they're still waiting on autopsy results from December. That doesn't make any sense. Or maybe they just well, decided I, to run they it. They may not have been released yet. That's my oh, guess okay. is that yeah. they've probably done the autopsy by now, but yeah. I doubt the results because yeah. this is an no, ongoing totally. We're going to miss a ton of information because it's an active investigation right now. Right. We're not going to be able to know because from what I'm gathering from this whole case is that the police are starting to tie events together in some way. I mm-hmm. think I think there's connections between oh, totally. the, re- you know, the reason why Lori's husband is or her ex-husband, I'm sorry, Charles is shot and killed by her brother in mm-hmm. some sort of altercation, you know, mm-hmm. it seems like in the fact that he said that he expressed, he was fearful for his life, mm-hmm. probably of Lori or what she could do or the potential she had. Obviously he knew a lot of things about her that maybe the rest of us don't know right. or what she's capable of doing. So mm-hmm. I think that's why some of these results and things like that are still under investigation, not being released. It's just so weird. It's so weird. Well, the reactions are so weird. Yeah. So even after um, after he gets shot, they have a pool party. Like neighbors say that right. they had a pool party a few hours later and they were laughing and joking. Acting. Well, and he lies to police, right? He says that he was the only one in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex does, you know, mm-hmm. about shooting Charles, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. Yeah. It's reported that Lori, Tylee, and um, JJ were all there. Yeah. And then it definitely makes you think of like if they had witnessed something like that. Is that a possible right. reason to want to get rid of them? I mean, if you put the pieces together, that's what you start to to think is that maybe they witnessed something that they shouldn't have or that wasn't just a self-defense altercation. Yeah. Could have been a murder they Who witnessed. Who would they be covering up for if Alex is dead? That's what's so weird. Well, it, It's it, so weird. None of this makes sense. No. Well, in the self-defense part, like they even say that Tylee went after Charles with the bat and that Alex grabbed the bat from Tylee and then hit Charles with, or and then shot him. Come on. It's, it's yes, this isn't so weird. Up. So weird. And like, how could all of these things happen to this family? Like all in just 2019 within months. Like yeah, what are, like, this is this like is the a span year. of six months or so that all of this yeah. is happening. And we haven't even gone over all of it. No. And it gets even crazier because mm-hmm. now we're talking about Lori's now husband, Chad Daybill, his yes. ex-wife 
died on October 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, buried and everything. And the police have actually uh, exhumed her in order to figure out if she's been poisoned or not. Yeah, because at first they believed that it was just like natural causes. Right. Yeah, and he requested so, no right. autopsy. Right, yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, seen that before. Yeah. Yep, yeah. And the fact that the police are saying that they they want to test, do run mm-hmm. toxicolo- uh, toxicology tests on her, because they believe that she might have been poisoned makes you start wondering about mm-hmm. all of these others. And, and, you know, maybe the autopsy results could Alex have poisoned himself even or somebody poisoned Alex. And maybe mm. they're waiting to see if Tammy comes back with, you know, maybe the same type of cause of death right. that Alex had. So you're starting to see, yeah. I feel like a pattern is starting to be kind of laid out. And as we start to get more information, um, the police are definitely on the tails of these guys and they're starting to figure out that there's clearly some more connections happening here. I wonder how long that's going to take to get that information back or if they'll release it right away on whether or not they were poisoned. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's open, if it's, if we find out that those two are both poisoned and then the other guy was shot over the summer and the kids are gone, like, I mean, yeah, pretty sure we know who's responsible for all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, and Tammy was healthy. They said yeah. that she was perfectly healthy, mm-hmm. and then she like went to bed with a coughing fit, yeah. and mm-hmm. never woke like, up. Died in her sleep. Yeah. How? I mean, yeah, it does happen where people yeah, just pass away for some ra- either random reason or you know an mm-hmm. aneurysm or something like that. But and a healthy person, you know, that's mm-hmm. not old by any means, and no. They're two very unfortunate families. Mm-hmm. Totally. A lot of coincidences. A lot of coincidences. Sounds like your family a little bit. Yeah. That, I, that's why I was drawn to this case, too. Yeah. It's so complicated. Totally understand Sarah that. actually picked this case. Do you want to know? Or, yeah. Do you want to know? <laughs> do you want to tell us why you wanted to talk about this case specifically? Yeah. I mean, I picked it because it was, you know, first and foremost, open and active. And, you know, hopefully we can help spread awareness mm-hmm. for the kids. Right. But yeah, once I saw how complicated it was with all mm-hmm. the family background, I was really drawn to it. Yeah. And I was like, this is the, and this is the first case I've ever researched and presented on that mm-hmm. wasn't Alyssa's, right? right? So it's super weird to me. Yeah. Um, but of course, like, you know, I was saying karma would have it that I like choose a super complicated, very confusing case. Cause even I get confused and it's, mm-hmm. it's super in depth. Um, but yeah, I think it's a case that's very solvable and it's very fresh and new. So I was just really hoping we could spread awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's hard to say like if you, if we think that they could even be out there, you know, I mean, there is the possibility that they're being held somewhere though, or they know something and they're keeping them away. Right. So that information doesn't come out or a truth doesn't come out and they're like kind of hiding the kids. Right. Well, I think we should explain the biggest yeah. piece to yes, this case yes, because yeah. sorry if this is confusing to listen to it's confusing to pull the information together too it's just a confusing it, it case. really is and it's wild so to understand you know the where the families were and where mm-hmm. Lori is and how did she come to meet chad so after her ex charles died Lori moved to idaho rexburg idaho from arizona she was living in arizona mm-hmm. that's where alex died that's where uh charles died but because she had a house in chandler arizona mm-hmm. i believe so she moves to Rexburg, Idaho, and that's where she actually meets Chad and conveniently within a very short amount of time marries this guy, mm-hmm. which makes you wonder, like, did she know him prior? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had some sort of communication. And then when you start looking into that and you figure out what their connection is, that's where this story just gets truly bizarre. So the way that the media has actually been kind of 
reporting on this story is that Lori and Chad are a part of a cult. Mm-hmm. And we don't know for sure if it's a cult or not. But when you start looking into their belief system and things like that, and the fact that clearly Chad is some type of authority figure in this religious group. Mm-hmm. So the way that I understand it is that they are Mormons mm-hmm. and they are like extreme radical Mormons, radical I would Mormons say with yeah. radical beliefs. And Chad is this writer who writes these sort of fantasy novels interwoven with Mormon scripture Ooh, and Mormon stories. Like our dude. <laughs> <laughs> our dude. I'm like, what dude? Sounds like L. Ron Hubbard. Right. Yeah. The hub. Yeah. You you got it. Yeah. It does sound like L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. So when I started diving into Chad and what Chad's done, he's been writing all these novels for years. He's been been doing this. And all these novels center around essentially the end times when mm, it comes yeah. to what religious people believe. Like, as you guys know, I grew up Christian and one of the book series that I actually read was called the Left Behind series. And it has to do with the return of Christ. Uh, if you believe in in Christianity or it seems like even the Mormons believe in some version of this, Jesus actually will return at some point and bring all of his followers essentially with him to heaven. Right. And then the rest of us on the earth face the apocalypse, essentially. It's going to be real fun down here. And we have all these trials and tribulations, all this horrible shit happens, natural disasters, pandemics. I mean, it gets really, really bad for all of us because we're all being essentially punished and tried by Mm. God. And so I found a lot of similarities to these books that Chad is writing about, you know, what Mormons believe and what they believe the end times is going to look like. And to the Left Behind series that's out there for Christians to read. There's it's and honestly, that shit scared me. I, <laughs> really? I, there's like a left they made a left behind left behind kids version of it oh that I read. God. That's scary. That I read that at so such an early age. Like I was like ten or eleven when I read those. And even those oh were like God. that would have pretty freaked me out as a kid. Me too. I literally had the hell scared out of me. Like yeah. that's that's the way I look at it. Is these yeah. books Dude. scare the hell out of you so that you sort of are you have to believe this. Like mm-hmm. I have yeah. to believe this. Otherwise mm-hmm. this could happen to me. But what I failed to realize is that these are just some authors interwoving fiction with mm-hmm. what their mm-hmm. version of revelations or the end times yeah, in, in the Bible says. Right. So that's really what Chad was doing. But obviously Mormons believe in, there's a lot of differences between Mormons and Christians. But one of the things that Mormons believe is that they can essentially become gods themselves, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. And in that, Chad really viewed himself as like almost like a prophet for the mm. coming of Christ and a chosen one. And yes. he's he's one of, and he's one of those guys that believes that the end for all of us and Jesus is coming in July 2020. So soon. Damn. Mm-hmm. We better prepare ourselves. We got to make that documentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we better get we on gotta, that. If we we got to get, get our done. bucket list finished up here like, When do we got till June, January? July I mean, 2020. January. Today's the last day. Today's the last day, didn't you hear? But that's happened so many times. Oh my gosh, I remember like five raptures at least. <laughs> that was supposed lot. to happen, and, and it's always in like May. I feel like it's always in like May or June. They're like it's going to end then. Summer it never does. I know. So a lot of these rumors that Chad is putting out there kind of stems from his involvement with this podcast. Or, the, or I'm sorry, this organization called Preparing a People, yeah, um, which is an organization that preaches about preparing citizens of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's a so they're pretty much doomsday preppers, mm-hmm. like religious doomsday preppers. 
kind of. It honestly is. I yeah. mean, that's essentially what, what they're preparing for is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And but in their case, if you're a believer, it's not really the end for you necessarily. Like you're going to be in a better situation than everybody else is. Well, because you're so prepared. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You've prepped. Hella exactly. prepared. <laughs> well, and I, I think you've the prepared. Prepared. Yeah, you've prepped. Um, I think the preparing a people thing was very much also like they say it was an event series and a lecture mm. series and Chad was involved with that. Like he was yeah. one of their speakers and like kind of the face of their little brand. Yeah. I mean, he was heavily involved in it as far as I know. Well, he's got all these like popular books in the LDS community as far as oh, his, well. all these right. novels he's written and. What's what's interesting though is it seems like these novels are starting to morph into this altered reality that he's kind of created around him. And mm-hmm. Lori's been a longtime fan of his work, mm-hmm. so she seems to have gotten kind of sucked mm-hmm. into this altered reality he's kind of created around his belief systems. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's kind of sticking with him because you want to explain like some of her like craziness that's come from Lori. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's so interesting, too. So, like, when you saw the um, – I don't know if the the records are public online or not, but I, I read something about Charles and Lori's divorce. So when Charles was filing those papers, he said it was because she became a part of this religious group. That mm. very quickly she just changed overnight. And she was saying something like um, – I don't know if we have the quote here. It's like, I'll be a part of leading the 144,000 and that she was untouched by death. Yeah. And Really? Yeah. Oh, she. Yeah. Yeah, so Charles had a phone call in which he he talked about exactly this, and he said that Lori told him that she was a translated being who cannot taste death sent by God to lead the 144,000 into the millennium. That's a wild so statement there. You yeah. wonder, it's like, did she just fall in love and thinks this guy has some type of actual, you know, powers or, like, profit? I mean, we don't know. I mean... Or is she? did she, like... Has she been been drugged or something like that? Has he influenced her in that type of way, or does she have like a, you know, a mental breakdown or something like well, that? Well, you have to think. Like, I mean, but her, but she got her niece involved, which leads me to yeah. believe that no, that it wasn't just Chad, that it yeah. was the mentality of this group, which is why I think a lot of people call them a cult, because right. both of them got involved, both of them quickly got divorced after getting involved, or you know, Charles I think passed away before they could get divorced. Um, but yeah, they, they quickly turned once getting so in this religious tyranny. group, right? which is what cults do. Right. Exactly. exactly. And I mean, from everyone else in your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they, well, they, they completely morph the way you think mm-hmm. and completely brainwash you to the point where you completely forget what your actual reality is. And you all of a sudden believe in this complete false reality that has been created for you. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of understand that thinking a little bit and it makes me think that she, this has been a longer process than just like the past year or whatever. I feel like, you know, it, it, I guess it's possible that she started getting into his, his readings and, and the preparing a people group and, and it makes you really wonder about this group, even though they're saying, Oh no, we're not a cult. We're just this, you know, group Mm -hmm. of people that believe the end times are, are upon us. But it, it does make you wonder, like, what's actually going on there? Because to flip somebody in, in that short amount of time, mm-hmm. if that's in fact, you know, if it's only been that short yeah. that she's known Chad and, and all of a sudden has completely yeah. changed, changed as a person. Like, yeah. like JJ's grandparents, Larry, I believe his name is, he was 
he was saying that she's a completely different person right. mm-hmm. than who she was not all that long ago. I almost wonder if she's faced some sort of like abuse or something because it like from him right. because it's like like you guys were saying he's so controlled or she's so controlled by him it's like did he do something to her or like mm-hmm. threaten her in some way and you know yeah. force her to join this and she's like kind of in this alternate reality of like am I doing the right thing but my kids I mean who knows yeah I mean, most of those types of people that end up running cults or like becoming leaders in cults or bringing other people in are normally have abusive tendencies like that. And that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Like she could even be being drugged for all we knew. I mean, <laughs> I was wondering if there's even sex trafficking going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So scary. Or totally some sort, could be. you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny that you bring that up is, you know, we can introduce her. Um, Julie Rowe. Yeah. Actually yes. said that she. Pro- so Julie Rowe is very. I, I don't know what her what she calls herself, but she's very spiritual and she reads energy and. She yeah. She likes she's, to say she she's definitely like believes she's a spiritual being. Like she mm-hmm. believes she's some type of deity god type gift. of thing. Yeah. But yeah. she doesn't portray that to the public. She likes to just say I'm like a you know a teacher, spiritual leader, or something mm-hmm. like that. But she definitely yeah. her beliefs are way more out there than that. But. Well, she believed that Lori had been abused, maybe not by Chad, mm-hmm. probably not by Chad, because I, I believe that Julie um, defends Chad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she had said that she thought Lori was abused in the past. So when you said that, um, that that sparked that for me. So maybe it is a long history of abuse. Well, who knows? Yeah. Like maybe it's just Chad and Lori and it's not this religious group. Maybe they just took it way too far. Yeah, they, that's true. That is true. We don't know if it's like the whole group is that out there. Well, you got to wonder about Chad's mind state. The yeah. fact that he's able to write all these books about all these really mm-hmm. dark things and just really bizarre out there things and, you know, nothing against Mormon beliefs by any means, but some of it is kind of out there because you they're talking about becoming gods themselves and, you know, being this translated being and, you know, leading the 144,000 into the millennium and all this. Is that this. something like, that Mormons believe though? The 144,000? No, I, I don't know about that, but just the, the, I believe the Mormons, once you get to a certain point, you actually become a God yourself. I think I even read that Lori thinks she's some type of like reincarnated version of Joseph Smith, the guy that actually started the Mormon religion. Like Whoa. her beliefs have gotten just wild. Like, Something and that's why I thought it was interesting you brought up drugs because I'm like it almost seems like mm-hmm. maybe Chad and her are like in this yeah. like drug induced world where they're just kind of I don't know where they're completely lost their minds in the sense that yeah. they really believe this stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about because so many cults have drugs involved. You know, you look at some of the most famous cults, Jim Jones, Charles Manson. There was hella drugs involved in both of those. Right. And I think, you know, it could change your behavior a lot. It could explain why, why their behavior is so off the wall and why she's changed so much. Especially if she has so been quickly. introduced to drugs. Yeah. 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 This year, make your holiday dreams come true at TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and HomeGoods. The shelves are super stocked and the prices totally rock. Cashmere sweater for mom? Check. A remote control car? Check. The perfect handmade chessboard for your genius BFF? Check and mate. And that's just the beginning. Stores near you are packed with amazing gifts. So you'll spend less and gift better. Endless selection, great prices all season long. At your TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods. So there was actually a couple other details about Chad Dayball that I wanted to mention. So first of all, he's 51 years old. But like we were talking about, he's been writing and self-publishing 
these books for a very long time. And in fact, he's written over 25 doomsday books for Mormon audiences. And so with this, he's kind of, you know, been working through this, preparing a people's organization where he and Lori appeared on their podcast and they discussed how he has had these two near death experiences and, and so has Julie too. And they believe that through these near death experiences, they've gotten this visionary gift, like this ability to foresee the future. And according to Julie, she said that this visionary gift that he had led him to see the death of his first wife, Tammy. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and they both had visions. That's oh. what creeps me out is that they both, they say that they both independently had visions and then came together to talk about it. And that like a week before Tammy died, they were like, Hey, are you still having those visions? Like, Oh yeah, totally having those visions. And then she dies. Like, uh, did they confirm that on their podcast or anything? Like, Hey, we think this girl's going to die or no. After the fact, this like, Chad, after the Chad fact. talks about right. it after the fact on the it's podcast, like, do we even know that they actually did? Right. But they had been talking about it for quite some time is my understanding. And if you were going to do something to someone, it'd be easy to have visions about it. If you were the one that right, was going right. to execute it. It's very convenient. If you're fixated on it. Yeah. And who knows what they mean by vision? Is that a dream? Right. Are they like prophets or yeah, dream? I mean, yeah. in their mind versus real life. I don't know. Right. But, what are, yeah. what do they think? Well, it comes back to like, what is this world that they live in? Like mm-hmm. to what extent is it real for them? And, and, what could be altering their, their perception for sure. Yeah. Well, and these near death experiences seem to be kind of like at the core of this religion too. Right. I, I believe Lori mm-hmm. said something about having near death experiences she and did. bringing her closer to God or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. entity they believe in. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting. And what are these near death experiences? Please share like right. what, yeah. what exactly happened to them what or does that mean? yeah. Near death experiences. I mean, you would expect that to be something really serious mm-hmm. that, you know, we've seen all of their other family members have yeah. straight up death experiences. They, so like, what are these near death? Yeah. Podcast? What are these near death experiences are? And yeah. the fact that they're just loosely kind of throwing this term around like two of them, you had two mm-hmm. of them, Chad. Okay. And that he said he was so upset about it that he was just crying. And he said the angels told him he was going to lose Tammy. That's so like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah. But then the, they weren't at one point. Right. So they said that like, oh, the angels came back and now you have more time with yeah. Tammy. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just so grateful for all this time with my wife. But then, like I said, but like a week before they were like, hey, still having that vision. Huh? Yeah. Still yeah. Having that vision. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, it, to me, it kind of sounds like a code way to talk about killing someone. Totally. Like just not to yeah, get around I can bush, like definitely see that. It's a great cover story. Mm-hmm. That's, to yeah. create this, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to use our religious beliefs to create this, concoct this whole cover up story of how, you know, all of our loved ones all of a sudden mysteriously die. And, mm-hmm. you know, now our children are gone. So what the hell? Yeah. I, I mean, based on the family history, I, unfortunately, I, I really worried about these two mm-hmm. children because yeah, I am too. Well, and Lori herself disappeared for 50 plus days which leads me to believe she knows how to hide. Right. You know, just for the sake of argument right here. I mean, is it possible she's like hiding them then? Like anything's possible. Right. I mean, it's, it's feels unlikely, but I mean, maybe if, yeah, like I said, maybe they're trying to keep them from having information come out or a secret or they know something about the cult or about like, maybe they just know something about what happened to Charles and they just don't want them yeah. to talk to anybody. They don't want them to see could the police. Like they could be being abused and um, they don't want them to tell anyone. Right. I mean, it's possible that they are alive. I think the biggest question though is how much do they really believe 
in this doomsday religion mm-hmm. cult like how serious they are it. they about it like is mm-hmm. this I think they're pretty serious you know how are they just really really smart and they're using this to cover up a bunch of things that they're doing or are they that you know loony that they're they really believe this and they are they did something weird with the kids for whatever religious reason they have. Maybe they put them somewhere till July, 2020 to keep them safe or oh, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, July, 2020, that's, yeah. it's not that far away. So you could, you know, maybe keep them. Maybe they that's have, why if they truly believe that, maybe they just aren't concerned about what could happen to them or the police or how sketchy they look. Cause in their minds, everything's going to end in July anyway. So like, who cares? So the flip side is like, well, why would they, if you're considering why they would want to murder them, what would be the motive for that? Right. What, what is it? It's the end of the world's coming and they're not on this level that we are so that they're, they're going to be in trouble or, or dead anyway. So we'll just take care of it right now. Or is it something else? I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, I guess, I mean, you can speculate about this all day, but yeah. You would think, though, if they're, like, worried about their kids dying, then why wouldn't you just let, like, why would you kill them in front of God? Isn't God going to be like, ah, what are you doing to your kids? You should have just left them alone and let me take care of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing better than you guys. But if you think you, well, if you think you are a god, yeah, right, then maybe it's not a sin or Mm -hmm. penalty or whatever they want to call it. You know what I mean? Like, I am a god. I'm going to choose to end their lives, and this is merciful because the world's going to end. Why see the Mm -hmm. chaos and the fire? I'm doing a good thing, right? In In their their heads, it could be a positive thing that they're that they've done, Mm -hmm. and but then they also know they have to know that because that's the thing is they're walking this this line of like we're still living in we're living in hawaii living this dream Mm -hmm. life and just enjoying ourselves it looks really sketchy it just looks really sketchy that they took off when they knew police would be coming i don't think they really care because they think the world's gonna end though so they're just living out their days in hawaii till july 2020 when it all ends yep yeah that's what it kind of seems like that or they think they're above it right yeah like they're yeah they we don't, don't have even to believe it, in the police yeah if she thinks that she is untouched by death who yeah. mm-hmm. touches everyone mm-hmm. sorry to say it mm-hmm. um yeah like who's to say that she yeah. even cares about the police and i think right. that goes both ways for them mm-hmm. possibly being murdered or them being in some like doomsday mm-hmm. shelter you know t- mm-hmm. we know that tylee was um taking care of jj a lot of the time mm-hmm. that's why she moved from her father to be with them all right um you know she decided to make that move with them so why wouldn't you put them in a shelter and let let Tylee take care of him? I mean, I think it's totally possible yeah, I mean, that they are being held someone somewhere. And if there is drugs involved, they could be drugging them too. Yeah. You know, to keep Absolutely. her there. I mean, and they just don't want to get in trouble. I mean, there there's could be so many different scenarios. I wouldn't jump right to you know they murdered them, but I mean, it's possible there. It could have been a sacrifice type of thing. These cults are so weird. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you have to understand is there, what they actually believe is really out there. Yeah. There's no basis in fact or reality behind it. It's purely a belief that they have. And honestly, this fantasy world that Chad has created through his books and you know, what's going to happen to us Mm -hmm. in July. I mean, I'm sure he's got it all mapped out for what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm sure there, they have a plan or there's there's more planning and thought behind this than we even know yet because totally there's gonna be way more that comes out there's gonna be a ton more that comes Mm -hmm. out and especially through all the evidence they collected at the house i'm sure there's stuff there i'm sure they haven't like 
and airtight about how they keep their information and everything where there's not going to be, you know, yeah. there's going to be no traces whatsoever of what happened to them. And, and plus, I mean, this, the, what just happened recently with the, you know, being in contempt of this court order that they were given, I mean, that's going to be dealt with and there's going to be some sort of accountability for mm-hmm. not producing the kids. Like they're, yeah, they're not the heat's to about to, to turn up right. for these people. Like it's oh, going to yeah. get, um, you know, really bad for them really quickly. They I know. Think. That's why they're all lawyered up. Well, and I wanted to mention briefly too, just like how far of a reach this has had on the entire family. Like, uh, Sarah, you had alluded to their, uh, Lori's niece and her ex-husband actually came out and said some interesting things after mm-hmm. the, she, uh, he left her because her belief system changed really radically and, and started following exactly what Lori was believing. And, went down that road with her and he said that she abruptly asked for a divorce and his name is Brandon uh, Boudreaux, I think. And he said that the split was attributed to the fact that his wife had started spending more time with Lori and other members of the radical religious group to which Lori belonged. Mm -hmm. And he quote unquote said, I thought I had a happy marriage. So it was pretty overwhelming when she just asked for a divorce one day. So it's, it's very weird how, how this is all all going down and this was all in uh the towards the end of last year i would not be shocked if they're hooking people with drugs especially if they're like we want you to have like an experience or like a spiritual experience um you know talk become like a visionary like we are you know it could be like part of the way you like convince people that something magic is happening Here's because a, you're like on drugs you're like under the influence like yeah maybe, totally you know you well believe anything maybe Absolutely. Well, this uh, this thought just popped in my head based upon this event that happened to Brandon. So on October 2nd, he was driving home from the gym when someone shot at him. The bullet shattered the window of his car, missing his head by a few inches. And, and what he believes was definitely not just a coincidence. The car he had seen driving who had been shooting at him was registered to Lori. Mm-hmm. So what I'm starting to put together is that clearly in this religious group that Chad seems to be the head of the women that are involved with him cannot have husbands cannot have in cause you got to remember oh. that Mormons Mormons believe in polygamy. Okay. Sure. Some, so some do, some do, but maybe there's that involvement with Chad oh, and for why now Lori's niece is like, completely left her life behind is now kind of following in Lori's footsteps and stuff. It's like you become did, like sister wives. Yeah. Well, did she remarry at all? Do we know? I can't remember. Did uh, the niece? Yeah. I don't believe so. I, I didn't see anything that she got remarried. Did you see something that I'm not sure to be totally honest with you. I just, thought, I just thought it's an interesting aspect because they all keep getting remarried so quickly right. after yeah. these people die or whatever they mm-hmm. get divorced. Well, and, and these exes are being, a, yeah. And well, the exes they, are being attacked. Yeah, that's violently. crazy. Because Tammy too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tammy had the incident with the gun, or the paintball gun, I should say, a few what days or weeks yeah, before she right. died. I think it was ten days, maybe something yep. like that. Um, yeah, where the I guess a guy came and she said it was a paintball gun. He shot it twice, but it misfired. And then someone else in the family came out and said, "No, I don't think that was a paintball gun. I think that was a real gun that actually misfired." Yeah, that's what yeah. I think too. Yeah. It's almost like they're like putting hits out on. Yeah, on these that, other family members right. to try to eliminate people that might stop them from following this this cult or whatever. So yeah, 
It's like it's bizarre. Cult. Yeah, it's really wild. It's so man. intense. I just I'm so I feel so bad for the kids. Like thinking about that is so stressful, especially thinking, you know, that JJ needs special attention. And if he really is being held somewhere, like is he getting like the proper care and are they being treated Always how they concern. should be if they're if they're even alive? I mean, it's really really scary. I'm sure their grandparents just are reeling right now. Oh my I'm god, sure. they look torn up, man. Yeah, like, they do. Well, JJ really needs extra care. Um, it's my understanding that he needs a, a pill every day mm-hmm. and that prescription hasn't been filled and that he had a service dog that they returned shortly before the kids disappeared, mm. which I mean, could go one of two ways, right. right? Either that's really suspicious and you're not planning on taking care of this child or you think that your religion or your beliefs fulfill those needs. Exactly. Right. That's what I was thinking too. I mean, that's a good possibility. A lot of people with really radical beliefs often don't believe in like prescriptions and stuff like that. Well, they believe they're gods. Can take care of it. These guys believe they're like above the normal human. They believe, they probably believe they have all these abilities and they have these visions. So maybe they're healers. I mean, who knows what, to what extent their beliefs go, but I'm sure that all has to play in, you know, into why all these events have been happening and, and especially leading up to. Uh, JJ and Tylee going missing. So yeah, well, untouched by death. I mean, you're basically saying you're immortal, mm-hmm. which is insane. And just no cooperation with police whatsoever. Don't even want no comment when asked by reporters where their kids are. Just completely seeming no, to that's be. That's just off. Something, something happened, or they're they hiding look, them. They period. Look worried. They yeah. they have cons- as far as worried about themselves. They look like they're. But they're completely denying it. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, they're Julie's, speaking through lawyers yep, and yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're staying really tight lipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're not concerned about the kids being missing or whatever. No. You know, so they, no. they say that, I think they say that they know where they are, which mm-hmm. is insane. I mean, maybe they do. This is going to be really interesting won't to say see how this plays where out. Where exactly right. they are. Yeah. Right. So it's and like, why? So you really do know where they are. I'm yeah. sure they do really know where they are. Right. You think that, you think so? Think well, I alive? think, I think, well, Knowing where they are could mean one or two right. things. They could be right. alive or, or dead. Yeah, I mean. yeah, obviously. Do you think that there's a possibility, though, that they're keeping them somewhere? I, I mean, there's always a possibility. Right. But I, I think that based upon the history of the family just makes right. me think that these guys are violent. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they have gets me too. no regard for human life. And it's all about them and their abilities and, and elevating themselves to this mm-hmm. powerful position. And Chad's concocted this whole fantasy world that he's now sucked these women into and, mm-hmm. and are now, they're now a part of it. And I think, I think this probably goes way deeper than we even know. And I bet the history with Chad goes even deeper than we even oh, know. Oh, I'm sure. Oh this yeah. Chad character sounds like he's got a lot going on in his past. And you would think that for being like these doomsday people, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they would would have some sort of underground bunker or something. If Chad yeah. was really that into oh, totally. this dystopian future that's ahead of us, you would think that maybe he would, you know, get himself prepped for that or, you know, yeah. make yeah. a safe place for that. But to me, it seems like he thinks he's above all of that yeah. and that he's going to be okay oh, yeah. in whatever, you know, shape or form that is. So I agree. Well, and if he's like spearheading this movement, who's to say that this bunker can't hold a small village or whatever? Like, wouldn't you bring your followers or, you know, followers of belief, whatever with you, as opposed to just your family? Like, I don't see it being like a four person bunker or whatever. No, it seems like they're trying to build a, 
that new society. Yeah, so that's yeah. going to take people, right? You're going to have doctors and you're mm-hmm. going to have um, just different professionals that will be able to help you do that, yeah. um, especially if they were so into prepping, right? You yeah. want to gather this community of people that can effectively right. build this new civilization as opposed to like, I guess it's me and my family and hope we figure out yeah. how to make water or whatever. Yeah. No, he's like thinking way beyond that. He has like a total plan because, I mean, that's their whole organization is about prepping. I would think so. Yeah. But then see that all makes sense in that context. But then when you think about if that were true, why would he leave Idaho and go to Hawaii? And yeah. why would he be just Maybe like, he just wanted to like, you know, see chilling it. in Hawaii it's his bucket list, you know, see it before the world ends. Maybe. But what then if the again? bunker is in Hawaii. Ooh, they're Maybe. like down there doing stuff. Cause you can get like to, they'd have to be there all ticket. the time. If you're spearheading this movement and you think, you know, Lori mm-hmm. thinks she's immortal or whatever. And again, Chad's the leader. Maybe you put all your people in this bunker and maybe there's more people there than we know. Yeah. And then they stay through the apocalypse and end times right. because death can't touch them. Right. right. So they can yeah. stay above ground or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while yeah. everybody else goes and hides and starts creating the civilization. Because, you know, time's a ticking. We've yes. only got like six months to create yeah. this civilization right. for right. the end of the world. Right. So they need to start building schools and hospitals and whatever. And like from that perspective, you would want to keep children alive. Like you would Mm -hmm. want younger people. You would want as Mm -hmm. many young people in that bunker as possible. If you're really trying to, you know, start the next civilization. So what would be their motive for killing them at that point? So I don't know. I mean, there's a good possibility. They really are out there. And it would make sense for why they don't want to divulge the location of the children because they're in a top secret location where, no one else is supposed to so know why don't they, they bring are. the grandparents they don't care about them perishing but no. then again why wouldn't they bring them out you know like if you yeah. knew they had to have known that if our kids go missing that people are going to come looking for them yeah so when why not they just get show this, a picture of them or uh, yeah. do a video or something yeah with this court order Anything. why not just get everybody off their backs and just like prove that they're alive and then be like oh they're they're safe they're in our vacation because there could be more and what if the police want to talk to the kids and what if the kids aren't happy and they're like they're ready to well now especially because now could know a lot of shit about Mm -hmm. what they're doing they could be there again i mean probably they're against their will right at least the 17 year old yeah um but yeah that's what's crazy Mm -hmm. and they're already investigating these ex's deaths so they right and they've seen stuff they probably have more and come on they have more evidence yeah for why they're pursuing this so hard there's more connections here that yeah. We just don't know about it yet. Well, if these kids go into state custody, if they get taken away from their parents, then they can't be a part of the end of the world and all that. They right. can't be in the bunker. They can't be saved. Yeah. So I think that they cannot be taken away from them at, at all yeah. costs. Right. Um, because, they, yeah, they could go into the system and then. Yeah. I mean, as right. opposed to maybe other families that are down there that like the mm-hmm. whole family goes together. Mm-hmm. Like I said, maybe because they think that they're untouchable or whatever, that they're mm-hmm. staying above and then they sent the kids. And that's why you see that separation versus maybe some of the, I've created this whole fantasy of their, their bunker in this society down here, but no, it's but, really interesting. I'm really I mean, glad you kind of painted that picture because like when we started this, I really didn't think there was a good possibility, but the more you say that honestly sounds kind of likely. I mean, it's what they were planning for. And I, the right. first thing when I hear about missing kids is like stats, right? Mm-hmm. You think like, okay, it's been so long. Like, you yeah. know, the chances are so, so low. Right. right. But it's not like these kids walked down the street situation. and went missing. Right. It's just different. It's yeah. different because we don't know if they're exactly. missing or if they're being hidden. Exactly. We, we, don't we don't know the way in which they disappeared mm-hmm. exactly. or any I, clue remotely of how they disappeared or where they might have gone or really their their last known whereabouts are still fuzzy like still 
yeah. events leading up to it, we really just don't know yet. And, and them just being so confident that they're they're alive and saying that, you know, we have them, we just aren't telling you where. And even mm-hmm. saying that through lawyers, it definitely makes you think that that, that sounds like it totally could happen. They're so smug. But again, so Casey Anthony was smug and I hate to keep yeah. going back to it, mm-hmm. but she was so smug. Like when she took the cops to yep. um, Orlando to yeah. uh, Universal Studios. On this wild mm-hmm. goose chase. Yeah, and she's like, I mm-hmm. work here. And yep. then at the very end, she's like, just kidding, just, I yeah, don't work here. I don't actually work here. Um, but Is that what's going to happen with them? Yeah. I mean, that's what's, that's yeah. the toss up. She's confident right until you can't lie right anymore. Up till the and end. there's so exactly. many people like that that are just so strong in their lives that you almost wonder if they really do believe it because they're so committed. And Chad's a speaker. Right. He's I mean, charismatic. Yeah. And I mean, she's going to follow anything he says to do. But like, why? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This one's really, really wild. I'm going to be checking this for updates all the time. And I'm sure by the next podcast, we'll have some updates for you guys. Probably. Maybe. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully we see some type of resolution. Hopefully that looks like finding these kids and, you know, getting them back to at least their grandparents or, you know, just out of the hands of these Looney Tunes, to be honest. I think we're going to see some action because they didn't produce the kids by the deadline. So that court order is now going to be you know, they're going to be held in contempt of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to present some sort of punishment for them. Mm-hmm. And obviously the police are probably knee deep in this investigating. They probably have all the forensic teams working on, cause come on, they, they went through, they brought the FBI and they, there's a lot of resources being yeah. uh, thrown into this investigation and you got to wonder what they're going to come up with. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they confiscated a lot of electronics there's got to be something that gives us some clue as yeah. to what's going on. Yeah, they zoomed Tammy's body. Yeah. Like, the fact no that they did the, that is huge. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. They don't just do that no, without a no. good amount of, they have of to be evidence. I'm pretty that, sure something could have happened to take yeah. a body out of the ground like that. Which yeah. that's going to complete. Once they get the results on that, that's going to That's going to say a lot. That's going to shake up this whole thing because. Well, and for the other guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, For Charles. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Charles cremated? Yeah, I believe so. But, yeah. Oh, so yeah, they can't. They can't, they can't, they can't actually. But Alex, oh they can. Because Alex is still, it's still like in limbo, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so they could see, like cross-reference their right. results. Yeah. I don't I like know, it's going to be interesting. How crazy is that, yeah. man? There's going to be so much coming out on this. Watch this become a Netflix, a Oxygen Lifetime situation at some point, for yeah. sure. This just, one is just. It's really bizarre. Yeah, you can't make this shit up. It's just crazy beyond crazy yeah but yeah i mean there's not much else we can really say about this um it's it's still evolving it's still an active investigation keep up with it you know mm-hmm. keep up with the updates coming out mm-hmm. share updates and, in the comments for mm-hmm. other people yeah that are tuning in later well, yeah. yeah and share the story because they're still missing yes, we don't know absolutely. what happened yeah there's mm-hmm. a there's still a chance that they're out there and mm-hmm. alive and you know this these grandparents want their their grandkids back and all the other loved ones want them back but yeah, with all that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here today. Thank you so much for yes. coming out, Sarah. It's always an absolute pleasure to this have you. This was your first time covering a case outside of Alyssa's. Yes, it That's was so crazy. And it was for your 100th episode. I'm so honored. Yes. So honored. Well, we Thank are you. happy to have you anytime. I uh, mean, it's you always bring interesting insights. So, hey, thanks. Yeah, guys, guys check out Voices yes. for Justice. It's, it's it's so good. It's just hours of like interviews and tons of stuff that you didn't know, just going into all these different directions it's absolutely wild yeah. i mean i didn't know we were talking about that yeah. since the last time i yeah. saw you i oh, got yeah. all those documents and the whole story has changed yes the whole story you're seeing changed. it all differently i mean you're definitely 
and it's still evolving as we as speak, well. right? Like mm-hmm. things are still in motion and yeah. Yeah. this is not closed by any means. No, like, yeah. No. Do you want to kind of talk about the latest real fast yeah. before we end? Of course. So I know last time we talked about this case update and I was like, I can't wait to share it. Yeah. They told right. me it would be two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that case update is still hanging in the air and I still can't share it, which is insane to me. Um, but hopefully I can soon because there is so much happening in the case right now and detectives are changing and they're bringing in sergeants and commanders and hopefully we get some movement in it really, really soon. Um, but yeah, they are listening to the movement, you know, like sure. you mm-hmm. created justice for Alyssa, oh, like with no. your video, you said hashtag Stop. justice for Alyssa. And that's you literally where it, it's where it came from. <laughs> okay. Um, well. so like you were so revolutionary in that, like, don't even play it down. It was amazing. And I, I love you for that. Um, Aww. but people are hearing, you know, they're, it's mm-hmm. building and like yeah. they coined themselves Alyssa's army, which I know makes me fall to pieces every day. Like it, when I see one piece of merch on a, a real person in front of me, I like, I, t- I keep telling people I'm going to collapse and cry and it's yeah. like a thousand percent true. Like I'm just going to be weeping. It'll be really awkward. It'll be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know there's, there's a lot of movement and a lot going on and the police are paying attention and it's, mm-hmm. it's working. Yeah, it's getting their attention so much so that they're like, hey, pump so, the brakes a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So without saying too much, there's enough happening with the case that this is moving beyond detectives. And mm-hmm. now the higher ups within the police department are starting to be like, oh, OK, we might, you know, we might have something mm-hmm. here. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's, in let's look at this a little bit deeper here. Yeah. Well, and they're asking for the home videos back, which is so interesting. Such an interesting move. I'm happy that they want to review them again. Mm. Uh, but again, interesting. So, yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on. And mm-hmm. um, keep coming for updates because it changes every day. almost. Yes. And that's why you're going to want to follow her podcast because she'll give you the latest at all times. Yeah. And super in-depth detail, like mm-hmm. insane, like you never heard. Um, right. So, yeah, I would love yeah. it if you listened. And yeah. as I talk directly to you um but yeah no it, it's great and thank you so much for having me on and yeah, of course it's a whole Anytime. different experience as a podcaster yeah i know it really is yeah, yeah. it was fun having you vers- as a co-host versus a guest this oh, time goodness. yeah really cool but that is it for episode yes. 100 lots more content to come yes. really excited to be in the studio hopefully you guys like it hopefully you like the new setup uh the new uh, guest setup that we have now it's pretty cool mm-hmm to a hundred more episodes for you. Yes, yes. to a hundred more episodes. hundred more in this very spot. Yes. That's it for us today. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast. And be sure to share uh, JJ and Tylee's photos. Absolutely. Um, it, they still are missing people, even though their you know, situation is very unique. We still need awareness around this case yes. 100%. So um, we will leave information for you to get the latest in the description box. Yes. Or if you have info or tips, we'll leave that information as well. Yes. But yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Mile Heart Podcast. Stay safe. And stay woke. We'll see you guys next time. How many steps do you take before you have foot pain? Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with The Good Feet Store, and the truth is, the battle between our feet and the concrete or asphalt usually winds up with our feet losing. Studies show that about 75% of people will experience some kind of foot pain by middle age. I found that out a number of years ago with plantar fasciitis, and I tried to remedy it with shoes and drugstore cushions that didn't work. Finally, I went to The Good Feet Store, was personally fitted for arch supports, and I loved them so much, I bought the store. 
Without a plan to protect and support your feet, it is likely you could one day be one of the millions living with chronic foot pain. Don't wait until pain demands that you visit us. Stop by the Good Feet store today and let one of our trained arch support specialists fit you with your personal system of arch supports. The Good Feet store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll.